nervously pushed on and kept looking. To my surprise, there was more. When we all returned, she asked us to look at our list and circle the most penetrating, moving, and personal helpful insight. And then she asked us a question. How many of you discovered your best insight in the first five minutes? Raise your hands. No hands. How many after ten minutes? One or two hands. Fifteen? More. Twenty? A large number now raised their hands. Twenty-five? Many of us now raised our hands, smiling and shaking our heads. Those initial experiences with patient, inductive study of the biblical text changed my spiritual life. I discovered that if I spent the time and assumed the proper attitude of openness and trust, God spoke to me through His Word. They also set me on my vocational course by giving me the tools to help other people hear God's Word through the Bible. For nearly forty years I've been teaching and preaching the Bible for people, but the basis for every talk, lecture, or sermon has always been what I learned in college about how to sit with a text and carefully plumb its depths. I still accept the authority of all of the Bible and love learning and teaching from all of it, but I first felt the personal weight of the Bible's spiritual authority in the Gospels, particularly in those conversations Jesus had with individuals. The skeptical student Nathaniel, Jesus' bewildered mother, at the wedding feast, the religion professor who came at night, the woman at the well, the bereaved sisters Mary and Martha, and many others. I suppose you could say that many of my own formative encounters with Jesus came from studying His encounters with individuals in the Gospels. Several years ago, I wrote a book called The Reason for God, Belief in an Age of Skepticism. As a pastor in New York City for many years, I've always appreciated skeptics' arguments and the invaluable role they play in defining and clarifying what is unique about Christianity— It bothers me when Christians dismiss these questions glibly or condescendingly. I remember very clearly the doubts and questions I brought to those Bible study groups back in college, and how grateful I was to have them taken seriously. I've seen that taking the time and effort to answer hard questions gives believers the opportunity to deepen their own faith while creating the possibility that doubtful people may become open to the joy of Christianity. So. I was delighted to be asked to speak for five nights to students, most of them skeptics, in Oxford Town Hall in Oxford, England in 2012. We agreed that I would explore encounters that individuals had with Jesus Christ in the Gospel of John. I felt this was a good choice for the setting because the accounts of these encounters reveal the core teachings and personality of Jesus in a particularly compelling way, as I had discovered personally so many years before. As I prepared to give the talks, it struck me that these encounters were apropos for another reason. In many of them, we see Jesus addressing the big, universal, meaning-of-life questions. What is the world for? What's wrong with it? What, if anything, can make it right, and how? How can we be a part of making it right? And where should we look for answers to these questions in the first place? These were the big questions that everyone must ask, 
and that honest skeptics are particularly keen to explore. Everyone has a working theory about the answers to these questions. If you try to live without them, you will soon be overwhelmed by how meaningless life seems. We live at a time when some insist that we don't need any such answers, that we should admit that life is just meaningless busywork in the grand scheme of the universe, and leave it at that. While you are alive, they say, just try to enjoy yourself as much as you can, and when you are dead, you won't be around to worry about it. So why bother trying to find the meaning of life? However, the French philosopher, Luc Ferry, who, by the way, is in no way a Christian himself, in his book A Brief History of Thought, says that such statements are too brutal to be honest. He means that people who make them cannot really believe them all the way down in their hearts. People cannot live without any hope or meaning or without a conviction.